Welcome to episode 19 of the Daniel Yoris podcast with today's guest, Celia Lopez. Let's go. Today, I had the pleasure to speak with Celia Lopez, who is a personal trainer and the owner and founder of Placemate Gym here in Toronto. Celia is a former athlete who became a personal trainer and since transitioned into more of an entrepreneurial role since opening up Placemate. Placemate is a gym that's designed for trainers and all fitness professionals, therapists, or what have you to train and treat their clients there while supporting one another on more of the business and all the other intangible end of things, including you know our actual craft. She takes sort of the, the we work or the co-working collaboration concept or model and applied it to fitness, which is something that hasn't been done before. It's the first gym of its kind in Canada anyways, and something that really feels a gap, fills a gap rather. We all love what we do and we're good at what we do on the technical side of things, but not all of us know how to actually make this a viable business that allows us to continue to keep doing what we do and to keep helping people. So I think it's a really great idea. It's going to boom once things opened up again or once things open up here in Toronto. She had some success uh, for the brief period of time that they were open, but lots to build and lots to grow. And it's going to benefit really everybody. It's going to benefit trainers and clients like you as well, because, you know, it, as one of us grows, we all grow together. And so, you know, we just had a really great discussion on how to improve the fitness industry for both clients and trainers again, how to build a community and growing together rather than viewing everyone else as competition, the importance of connecting people or connecting with people rather on a personal level to protect your energy and also to be able to operate at your absolute best and better ways to sort of think about the hustle and grind to build a better life, regardless of it is what you do, whether you're in fitness or any other job out there. Silly's blog is the hustle blog, which I love the title of that. She's a super hard worker and just a, an intelligent and amazing person overall, uh, included the contact information, but placemade.co on the website on Instagram, Facebook, and everywhere else. Celia Lopez Fit on Instagram as well if you want to connect personally with her. But again, in the show notes um, that you can click through. And that's that. It was a really great conversation. Thank you again to Celia for coming on. And I hope you enjoyed my conversation. Here it is. Celia, thanks so much for joining me today. It's great to have you on the podcast. I'm super excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's awesome. Awesome that we got to reconnect in this way. Uh, too bad that we couldn't do this in person in the gym. We're probably not that uh, that far away. I know your gym is relatively close to where I'm at, but uh, it's hopefully soon after this is all over, we'll, we'll get to do it in person. I know. I can't wait. I'm kind of over this whole thing. <laughs> I know. I think I think all of us are, and, and especially those of us in fitness, it's been obviously a, a tough time. And especially for you, I definitely want to get into it. And you know, you opened your business right before the pandemic, it almost, you know, it, I'm sure you've made the best of it from everything that I can see, but not the most ideal timing, of course. Oh, yeah. I mean, if I could do it again, I would probably tweak the dates a little bit, but it's okay. Here we are. <laughs> of course. Well, you know, how would you would have how would you have known it would have been impossible, right? There's no way that you could have anyone could have possibly predicted that. But uh, it is what it is. And, and we make it uh, we make it work, right? Always got to make it work. So for sure. Exactly. Why don't you go ahead real quick, just introduce yourself, tell us who you are, what you do, and just to, for anyone who doesn't know. Yeah. So, hey, everyone. My name is Celia Lopez. I'm the founder of Placemade. Placemade is Canada's first health and fitness-inspired co-working space, specifically catered uh, or designed for health and fitness professionals. So that's uh, independent personal trainers, um, independent practitioners like chiros, physios, kinesiologists, athletic therapists. They would come to our studio space to kind of rent out space, but also we provide support in uh, having access to a workspace, but also business support in terms of uh, business development, you know, branding, marketing, advertising. We do everything in-house. So if you're looking to really grow your business, that's pretty much what Placemate is there for. It's more than just a space. Yeah, wonderful. And I think it's something that's 
it's been needed for a long time and certainly something that I would need as well. I'm not, uh, you know, above that or anything like that. A lot of us trainers are very good at fitness and nutrition and health stuff and training our clients, but the business side of it gets lost. And as much as we'd all probably love to be able to do this for free, we have to make money at some point. We have to put food on our own plate. So it's something that's lost and we, we just kind of need help for with, and, and that's where, you know, your kind of place in your specialty and business really comes into play. Exactly. There is a big, uh, I feel like missing gap in our industry with that aspect. And so I felt like I really needed to create something to kind of bridge that gap because like you said, it's been, we've been needing this for a long time and nobody's really taken the step forward to kind of help do this or set it up. So like, here we are. Yeah, for sure. And how did this all come to be for you? How did you, like, when did this idea spark? I know you, again, you just opened it last year, early in the year, but I'm sure the idea was born, you know, many, many months before that. Of course, it's actually just came through my, from my own personal struggle. So I was a personal trainer. I still am uh, kind of, um, obviously the business takes a lot of my time, so I try not to train as much, but you know, I've been a personal trainer now for the last eight years. I branched off on my own and pretty much had to figure out how to build a business, right? Um, you know, what are, how much should I like uh, charge my clients? Where am I going to find space to, to train my clients? And where can I also go for support in terms of like mentorship? Like, can somebody else help me out and, you know, show me the ropes of kind of what to do? And so I, it was through my own personal struggle. You know, I rented space out from a studio um, when I first started out. And then three months into being there, they decided to shut their doors down. And I had like literally less than a month to figure out where to go next. And so then I went from a studio to studio. I went from uh, a fitness studio to a dance studio and then underneath a, a basement of a school and then to parks outside. And, you know, as you transition so many times, you also lose your momentum and you lose your clients because your clients are like, this is not consistent. It's not sustainable. We don't know if you're going to be here for X amount of time. And, and it's always changing. And I didn't like that. I didn't really I didn't like that. I couldn't provide that professionalism that I really wanted to, to showcase because that's, you know, I really take the craft seriously and the business seriously. So I wanted a place where I could actually showcase that, you yeah. know, and I also had to access like business development programs on my own, like entrepreneurship programs to the city. No one told me where to go for that. I had to figure that out on my own, but I was fortunate enough to have a mentor who kind of showed me like, okay, this is how we can kind of fit the pieces of the puzzle together. But there wasn't one central location to kind of do this. And so then I was like, why don't I just try to create something myself that can fit, you know, the business development, the training space and the workspace all under one roof. And so then that's how the idea was born. I've actually been working on it for the last three years. And it wasn't until obviously this year where we actually had a phys physical location. Yeah. And it's, it's, again, it's so necessary because I think even in the context of COVID, as a lot of people realize that, hey, I can do this by myself. I don't maybe need the support of a, a corporation or a big company behind me. I can kind of do this by myself, especially in, in the fitness world. But then we don't have the actual resources to, to do it and to grow it. And so I, I remember one time, or I remember one thing from the first time we met, specifically speaking about just taking your time back and understanding what you're doing so that you can grow. I remember in our conversation, you asked me at the time how many sessions I was doing in a in a in a week, and I told you the number, and and your reaction was like, "No, I didn't say a month. I said a week." And it was like a super high number at that time. It was like close to 50 sessions regularly a week, which is unsustainable. And I knew that, but it was kind of a sacrifice I was willing to make at the time, and 
you know, a story for another day, but it's about kind of being able to control that and take your time back and build something for yourself. And, you know, we can all do it, but we don't necessarily know the tools and it's not rocket science, but like you said, having a mentor or someone to show you how to do it and that we can all grow together, I think really goes a long way in, in helping just build all of this for everyone. Yeah. It's also like to the burnout rate of trainers, right? You know, once you start to transition on your own, you're trading time for money and, and you're just like, I, I can't keep doing this. It's not sustainable. And so obviously we love what we do. We really want to help people and, you know, get them fitter, get them more active and healthier. But it's, it's really tiring for us on our back end because we're not really getting paid our worth sometimes. And, you know, that's causes the transition of us trying to go off on our own, but then we try to figure it out. It takes a long time. And then that's when that trainer burnout kind of happens in like the first five years from what I've found. Right. And and it's almost like you get to a point where there's no room for growth. Once you've filled up all the hours of the week, how do you generate more income? You can't, you can't possibly take on more clients because all of your time is filled up and you're already neglecting your family life, your social life and your own health for, for the, to a large degree. And so there's got to be some way to make that better, right? Exactly. And so then that's why I just feel like, you know, even I think we had a conversation too about just understanding what is even the industry average for a personal trainer just going off on their own. And I had said like around 60 to 70 dollars an hour and some people are surprised by that because they work for these corporations and they're like oh i'm actually only getting paid like not even a fraction of that yeah. and it and it blows my mind because we are so skilled and talented at, at what we do you know we, it takes a lot of education and time to learn about all these different things about how to properly periodize a program and, and all that kind of stuff and it's just like wow like we're not even really getting paid our full worth and then and no wonder you know we try to do our own thing but then it's like what what next yeah and it's not to it's not to knock i think any of the any of the corporations the big gyms i mean they serve their purpose they charge big bucks and they char and they pay out trainers you yeah. know to varying degrees some of them much less than than others and we don't need to name any names maybe but yeah. um but but they provide that stability of of a location and a nice facility. They do all the marketing for you. They do all the cleaning for you. They do all of those things, which are valuable. And that's why you, as a trainer, you make less to work there rather than working on your own. But then when you work on your own, you've got to do all those other things. And that's how we justify that dollar amount. And just on the location thing, in a city like Toronto, I would imagine it's similar in other big cities. But you know, I don't know because I've never lived in another big city. But location is so important. You know, you move one kilometer down the street. And all of a sudden, that's too far for people here, right? Yeah, exactly. But you know what? If you're starting off in the industry, I would totally recommend working for a small boutique business or a small corporate because you still have to learn the ropes. You know, it's not until you're fully seasoned and you gain more confidence as a trainer or a fitness professional where you're like, I think I can, I have the confidence and the, enough knowledge to kind of just go out and do my own thing. Yeah. And, and that's exactly kind of what we look for, um, even with the trainers or fitness professionals coming in. We make sure they're, you know, they have at least three to three to four years of experience. Like we wouldn't just take anybody who just came out of school or, or is just looking to start up because we know how hard it is to even just build your client roster. It's not easy. Yeah, it's it's one of those things I always think about. You know, the, the successful people or the famous people, you hear them now on, on various media forms and they talk about how they, you know, how they used to grind in the early days. And, and, and now that they have reached a certain level of success, they value their time much more and they take time for vacation and have like a slow morning or, you know, whatever it is that they do. But 
they wouldn't have got there if they didn't put those grind hours in up front. And I think that that's almost something that's missed. And I'm certainly like, I fall into that trap too of like, oh, I, I want to just design my life like that person. It's like, well, yeah, but you got to, you got to put the, the hours and years in before you can get to even sniffing that level. Exactly. Exactly. It takes time. I mean, nothing comes, you know, they talk about the overnight success, but really before they hit that overnight success, you, there's like 10 plus years of them working in the background, just grinding it out for that long in order to get to that overnight success that everybody thinks about. Right. Yeah. The 10, the 10 year overnight success. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I, I know that you, you embrace this, this grind, the hustle, your blog is the hustle blog. And I think, I think that's a fantastic name. But so tell me about how you kind of think about this in terms of what is an acceptable or a, a reasonable form of this hustle or grind to start yourself off, but maintain some sort of balance in life or to neglect balance and just go all in for a period of time? I think it depends on each person, right? Each person functions differently. Like for me, when I think about the hustle, it's just like, you just got to keep going, it, like grinding every single day. It doesn't mean you're grinding for 24-7. I think that's a common misconception like that. I think you're doing it all wrong if you do it that way, because you'll burn out a lot faster than you think. And it, you need time to kind of replenish yourself and, and you know, sleep and take care of yourself in order to have that creative, those creative juices flowing, you know, this thought process of thinking about business and different things that you want to do, networking, collaborating. And so for me, it's just like hustling. Okay. Is what are we going to do today? That's going to take me to where I need to go tomorrow. Like it's just that 5% every day that people talk about or that 1% getting better every single day. Right. Right. You got to do something every day that's working towards your dream or your vision or, or your goal, whatever it may be. At least you're doing something every single day. And right. so for me, that's what the hustle is all about. It's, you know, and, enjoying the hustle, enjoying the journey and, and, and putting in that grind every single day, regardless of how you feel. Yeah. And I mean, the same kind of goes hand in hand with our fitness. Like we say these things to our clients all the time. If someone comes in and wants to lose uh, you know, 50 pounds in two weeks, we would never, you know, any reasonable trainer would never say that that's something that's attainable or possible or even worth trying to achieve, right? We, we want people to take their time and go slowly, enjoy the process and, you know, consistency and all the things. And so we just, we almost need to take our own advice sometimes as trainers. Exactly. Exactly. And I think our industry, I mean, you know, our industry, you know, there's like, you know, those quick fix kind of things that I think people think they can achieve in like 30, 60 days. And it's totally possible, but is it sustainable? Yeah. You know, can you keep doing that in the long term, and it just, the same thing goes with your business. You can't expect to just do, sure, you can build something quickly and, and get all this money fast, but, you know, what, is it sustainable for your, for your company to even do that or for you to even execute that every single day? Right. right. It's not. Yeah. Do you, do you like to use those things for periods of time, understanding that it's, it's only going to, you know, you're going to put in insane amount of work or effort in your fitness or in your business for yeah. 30 days. And you know that that's not sustainable, but it's going to end at 30 days. What do you kind of think about that? Yeah, I think if it those goes to uh, go, that goes towards like your short term and your long term goal, goals, right? So if you have a short term goal, so for example, when we were launching uh, the studio space, I knew I had almost 90 days from when I first got the keys to kind of just get something going. So I knew I was going to work hard, really hard for those 90 days, like lack of sleep, you know, getting all the pieces of the puzzle together to make sure that we had a space that people could come into. So 
you know, it depends on like, what's your short-term goal? What's your long-term goal? Can you take a break after that short-term goal for a couple of weeks before you work on an, uh, another goal in that year? So you, it really depends on each business. And, but I really think that you should structure at least, uh, three or four short-term goals in the whole year. So this way you kind of have some target every quarter, right? Right. Yeah. That's a, probably a good way to go about it, thinking about it just quarterly. And I guess, you know, using, put, putting the business words in, in uh, fitness people's mouths is probably a good way to just, you know, treat yourself like a serious business instead of just a, just a personal trainer. Right. Yeah. yeah. And the same thing goes with our clients, right? Like you can real, you can see real change in about 90 days. And, and so what's the first goal in the first half of the year? What's the second goal in the second half? And that's how you should keep progressing that way. Right. And how did you, how did you kind of come about all of these things? Like in terms of your own fitness journey, where did that all start? And how did you, how did you grow these ideas over time? So my own personal fitness journey. Mm -hmm. So my background is as an athlete. So I grew up playing soccer um, ever since I was small. I went to Dalhousie University, played soccer there for a little bit, which was amazing. Um, And so I kind of just always, fitness was always my thing. I always like to move. I always like to, to work out. Um, but I wouldn't say like after university is when I would say I took it really seriously. Um, and I tried to do bodybuilding competitions for a little bit, tried to prep for that. But then I also realized that that wasn't for me. You know, like that's not kind of my wheelhouse. Yeah, I like working out like that, but it, it's not something I would want to have as my profession, let's say. And so for me, my my personal fitness journey has changed throughout the years. You know, first I was doing the bodybuilding competitions then I wanted to just move um, and, and or even focus on running. And so I even tried powerlifting for a little bit with a, one of our coaches. And then I was like, okay, this is great. But for me, I always realized that I always got to change it up. I can't be doing the same thing all the time. I need variety. And, and right now in this present moment time in my life, I just my biggest focus is just making sure I move every single day. Uh, for my mental health and just to make sure I'm taking care of myself and like yeah that's just the way that I think about it now is just making sure I'm able to move um, doing what feels right for me so one day it could be like a hit workout another day could be like a strength training routine yeah so it's kind of I guess a little bit all over the place but my biggest focus right now is just to make sure I keep moving yeah and I think that that sounds I know that I say it the same as like my, you know, workout goals right now, my training goals are just to move and just to exercise. And it kind of sounds weird because I'm, I know for me, I'm someone who, you know, if you're going to train, like train and have a goal, you're going to get stronger, you're going to hypertrophy, you're going to, you know, whatever, have a goal. But in the context of all that's going on at at this point, like we just got to move our body and, and for our, our mental well-being and for our physical well-being, like the, the chances of you as someone who is an experienced trainee will say the chances of you, you know, increasing strength to some great degree with an at-home workout with, you know, two bands, not going to happen. Right. But you just got to move and make your body feel good. And I think that's the biggest focus for us, even just like you said, right now is just making sure you're moving, doing what feels right. I'm also in a point right now where I still trying to figure out my structure and routine with the business because we're in this kind of, you know, at a standstill, my schedule, it's, it's not the same all the time, which I like, but I also don't like because I can't really plan. Let's say if I really wanted to prep for a, a 16 week shred, like, 
I can't do it because I, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the most difficult part. And for myself as well is, is the length of time. Like we can't, we can't really think ahead that far. Maybe in two to four week intervals, you can think ahead, but in four weeks you can make some changes, but nothing, nothing drastic. So to commit to something for an extended period of time is just not in the cards right now. Yeah. 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 And moving and moving is just part of it. We're fitness people. We, we like to move. It makes us feel good. It makes us run our business. And in the absence of structure and scheduling, like you just mentioned, like your schedule probably right now, and correct me if I'm wrong, because mine is the same. It's like my schedule is I don't have a schedule. Yeah. <laughs> I just do stuff that needs to be done. And like, there's not really deadlines other than deadlines that I impose upon myself. But I'm kind of just like mm, waiting to pull the trigger on like 15 things because I don't know, you know, what's going on in the world. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That you just said it perfectly. My schedule is no schedule. Yeah. <laughs> Every day I'm doing something to yeah. kind of work on the business. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Because you know that things have to be done. And, and I think that exercise would be part of that as like a, you know, a staple at, you know, maybe you pick a time or, or you just know that you have to get it done in the day, whether it's 11 a.m., 11 p.m., you know, whatever, but you get that exercise in and it provides that structure that you can then build the rest of your day and, and tasks around. Exactly. Exactly. I'm a morning workout person though. I've tried to work out at nighttime and I just, I can't. <laughs> I'm the same, but by morning, do you mean like, are you a 6 a.m. morning person or are you like a 10 a.m. morning workout person? I would like to say I'd be a 6 a.m. person, but we're not there yet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say I'm the same. Uh, 6 a.m. sounds great. I've, I've, I've done it, but I'm not, uh, I'm not a fan of it, but you know, the the clients I have that come at 6, 7 a.m., you know, good for you. Kudos to you. Keep doing it, whatever, whatever works for you, but not for me. Yeah. I'm like a mid-morning, like between 8 to 9, 10-ish. That's perfect time for me. Yeah, I agree. Like just after kind of a couple of hours after breakfast and just before lunch sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. How has your training um, changed in terms of like, have you have you been doing any classes, one-on-one sessions? Because I know in your, in your gym, it well, will you have classes in the gym? I know the space, I guess it could accommodate a class, but it would be, it might not work with the, with the whole system there. Yeah. It's a little bit ch more challenging doing the group classes just because it would take time away from uh one-on-one -on -one sessions, but I, we are open to kind of group classes in like the mid afternoon kind of uh, day ish on the weekends, Right. but it would be something that's like not consistent. It would be like a, you know, like a, pop-up kind of group class workout yeah something that's not really on the schedule all the time because i don't want to take away from the one-on-one -on -one sessions uh availability for the guys or for, right. the, for the team yeah yeah because that's what uh makes the most sense and, and those group sessions will kind of fill those those lull times like you know anyone in fitness if you're not a fitness in in fitness business you know mid-afternoon is the is the is the lull time for us like that's when people are at work you know you're not on lunch you're not after work not a morning thing um, so that makes a lot of sense, but, um, I think I worded that question poorly, but w what is your personal opinion or personal philosophy on like one-on-one -on -one sessions versus group sessions, or even like the semi-private one-on-three, one-on-four as a fitness professional? Yeah. Um, honestly, it depends on you kind of what works best for you as a fitness professional. I think that's one thing we really need to talk about more. It's like, don't just do things out of necessity, do things that actually fuel you and make sense for you. So for example, when I first started out, I did both. I offered the one-on-one -on -one and the group sessions. Um, but I really felt like I liked working one-on-one -on -one more because I, I 
like the attention that I was giving to the client. I really had like a, a stronger relationship, even though my group training classes or sessions were, were still, it was good. It just, and you obviously get a bigger bang for your buck because you're seeing more people at one time. It just wasn't, I felt like I just had to do it. I didn't actually enjoy it. Um, because there's a lot of structure that goes into, you know, setting up a group class, especially if you have like 10, 15, 20 clients, like that's a lot, especially one trainer, like you yourself, you got to make sure everybody gets attention. Um, you got to make sure you got all the equipment set up. And I was sharing studio space, you know, at these different places. And so I was also limited by equipment and space and, and I didn't like that. So I really wasn't, so the group classes kind of sometimes gave me a little bit of anxiety because I just had to think about all these things and, and sure it was fun and it's a great atmosphere, but I really enjoyed doing the one-on-one -on -one a little bit more than I did the group. But again, like I said, it really just depends on what you like to do. I, I think the two-on-one -on -one model is also good, maybe three-on-one that, that could work too, but everybody needs this catered program to, to that client. Right. And I think that's what people also fail to realize. Like, sure, you can split the cost of a trainer. But everybody has different needs. And so the same program won't work for the same person. And that's what you pay for with personal training. You get that individualized attention. You get that custom actual program that is set for you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so happy you said that because the classes have, by all accounts, kind of boomed during during COVID. And just because of the online model or, or methods of delivery is it's good for that to just kind of deliver an exercise or deliver a workout kind of online to a bunch of people. That's not really personalized because you're not with them and not, you don't have access to equipment and whatever. And so you're just kind of, you know, shouting out exercises. Maybe you kind of sort of demonstrated on zoom and you've got, you know, 20 or 30 little boxes all around and we've all done it. It's okay, but it is what it is. And just like you said, it's a workout and that's fine just to move. It's great. But if you want, you know, those specific results for you as an individual, like you need individualized programming, you need your own workout, right? And I think we need to like showcase showcase that more to people and make them understand. Like, listen, every everybody's different. You can't give the same workout to the same person, and we all have different needs. And it's okay for you to kind of have your own program. And and if you wanted to work out with somebody else, sure you can do it. But if you have a specific targeted goal, you need to make sure that you have one workout routine, something that isn't found easily on Google or like YouTube, like. Pay a professional, get the program done for you. Yeah, it's it's something that I think, and it's hard for us, I think, to realize this because we're we're in it. But yeah. for someone else, there's so much free information available that you it's very easy to think that, well, I can just Google this and get a workout for free or do a YouTube workout or you know, whatever. There's so much free stuff there. And to a degree, like, yes, that is true. You, in theory, you could do it for free, but I mean, you could also you know, you could also change your own oil in your car. You could also <laughs> clean your own teeth. I mean, you can't, you can't do dental surgery, but you know, you can like clean your own teeth, you know, whatever. Like you can do a lot of things on your own. Like there's everything is freely available on the internet, but for some reason we're, we're hesitant to, to spend money on us, but we're re ready to spend money on things that we need to fix or, or improve. Well, I think this is where, and this is where I'm also trying to take place made. It is just changing the perception that we are just trainers. Actually, we're fitness professionals. We take our craft very seriously and we need to be seen 
um, in a perfect, be seen in a professional manner. And so that, and that's what I'm trying to do with placemate, just not even the space, but even the people that we intake, you know, the clients that are coming to us inquiring about our trainers, like, we I, I we need to change the conversation on that because like you said all the information people think that just because it's out there and it's free um it kind of like downgrades us a little bit you know what i mean it sets the bar a little bit lower for us when actually what we do is it's actually a lot of hard work we need a lot of knowledge about the body and we sacrifice a lot of time to learn these different things and we need to change the conversation on being even the term personal trainer I think needs to change to like, no, you're actually a health and fitness professional where you paid a designation to kind of, you know, uh, take these courses and, and learn. And, and yeah. And so then I think that will also change how people perceive us and even getting paid our worth, you know, like $60 won't seem that much anymore because it'd be like, Oh, actually, yes, that makes total sense. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Totally makes sense. And I think the name is a big part of it. The the designations and the, and the mess of designations that exists and half of them are, you know, people don't know what they are. And, and most trainers don't even know what they are because it's just a bunch of random letters by some guy who, who decided to put on a course and certify personal trainers. Well, you know, whatever. You, anyone can just do that. Anyone can just create a course and call you a certified personal trainer, but it's not like a you know, you can't just call someone a doc. I can't just create a course and then call people doctors after that. It doesn't work yeah. like that. But the the barrier to entry in, in this industry is is quite low, which which can be good in some aspects, but it's also detrimental in in other aspects. So, what are your thoughts on like how do we how do we start to change this? Because it will improve it will improve everyone, clients and trainers, and I think it will help help people better. Because how many people do we know that have been for lack of a more accurate term, scammed by trainers who don't know what they're doing, but maybe they look great and then they charge lots of money for, you know, uh, workouts that they Google themselves. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, I, I'm definitely not a fan of like, this, I don't want this to sound offensive or anything, but like, you know, the weekend trainer, somebody that kind of just takes a course on a weekend and then they're certified after the weekend to be a personal trainer. Like, I think it's got to be more in depth with that. Like, I'm not sure what if you went to school for it or, you know, I took kinesiology. That's like five years of university. I was there and I take it. I like took it really seriously, you know. And so I feel like a one year, two year minimum should be kind of what we sh should aim for moving forward um, in terms of like these accreditations and certifications, um, just because it, it, it's not easy to learn how to program. It's not easy to learn about how to, unless you've been moving yourself, like, uh, you know, growing up, if you played sport, like you're more natural at it. But if you're just getting into the industry and you don't really even know how to squat or lunge or do a proper push-up, that takes practice and it takes time. And our industry too is, is a combination of, you know, knowledge-based textbook material, but also heavy, heavy practical. And the practical is what takes the most time. And so, I mean, I didn't really learn how to do a squat until I got into the industry and had like a, a, a job and my, my master trainer actually like taught me all these things. And I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. You're, what you're teaching me makes total sense. And I understand now because I'm seeing all these different people doing, you know, their squat mechanics and everything. And so, yeah, I think one to two years minimum is what the, the new certifications and, and, um, accreditation should come up with 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm so happy you said that because I, I totally agree with you. And, and I also agree that, you know, I, I did kin uh, undergrad as well. And, you know, you learn a lot of underlying knowledge there. We learn, you know, basic anatomy, basic physiology and kind of, you know, whatever, all that stuff. There are elective courses that you can take, I guess, depending on universities about programming and more specific like training stuff. But it wasn't, I think I took, I took those courses in undergrad, but it's not something that's required of you to take. So, but then, like you said, a lot of the actual art of coaching, like how to coach a squad, how to cue that, how to write a program, how to do all these things, that's not taught in university. So it's like, we need this, this marriage of, yeah, you need that underlying knowledge of something that you'll get from, uh, 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 what's the word? Like a regular financial institution, a, a university, but then you yeah. need that real world application. And this is where these certifications come in. The, the issue becomes that the certifications are, are too muddied and they don't hold, none of them hold enough worth. And in, in the eyes of, I think, education and in the eyes of uh, potential clients as well, because they don't know whether you, you know, what those letters are beside your name. They don't know what that means. And anyone who's certified, like you said, you take that weekend course. Now you get to put certified trainer on your Instagram profile and, 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 you know, call out other people, but your certification doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, teach me what you actually like. Can we, can you take me through an actual safe workout, effective workout and, you know, make it also fun? Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's, there's the art to it. That's, that's just often missed. And, and I think that part of, you know, part of where I wanted to kind of go with this was that we don't in, in the fitness industry, I think we often see each other as competition. Other trainers who are around us, maybe even in the same gym can be seen as competition, but there are, you know, however many people in the world, they all have bodies and they, they need to move that body. There is plenty of, of clients and, and possible business out there for us to, to, all grow to get all grow ourselves, And so kind of seeing ourselves as competition against each other, I don't think that that's a very constructive way to go about things. And, and tell me what you think about that in, in context of, of what you're trying to build a, a, a place to bring trainers together, to grow together, separate, but together. Yeah. That's exactly also one of the other reasons why I built PlaceMade is just because I felt like me being a personal trainer in the fitness community, even here in Toronto, I didn't really feel that community aspect. Um, and so I really wanted to create a safe place and an open and inviting place where, you know, you could connect with trainers on an, you know, open level. You could talk about so many different things and you could potentially even collaborate with these trainers. I think what we, failed or what we forget is that yeah like you said there's so many like thousands of people that are looking for for trainers but we're also different like our personality is kind of what makes us the trainer and also our niche is the second thing and and how we deliver the exercises is a whole nother thing too right yeah and so just because you know like yeah it, it's just i'm all, all about community for sure and um yeah. I'd also say this is like a big part of where, where, where the personal of personal training comes in, like you just yeah. mentioned about the personality. So like, say, you know, you and I work in a gym, client comes in, you know, they, they meet me, but for whatever reason, we just, you know, me and client don't, don't, don't gel. We don't get along. We, you know, they don't like my beard, you know, whatever, but they like, but they like you and, you know, assume that trainers are, are equal for a purpose of this argument. That's okay. Like they have to like you as a person, you have to get along well. And, and so it would be, it would be a shame for me to like prevent that client 
from training with you just because I feel jealous of you as another trainer and eating my lunch sort of thing. Like that would be so silly. What I think too, we make a mistake as trainers when we start off is we think we can cater to everybody. Like, like I said, you really got to know what, who do you want to cater to? Like, if you really want to cater to just women in between this certain age bracket, then that's your niche. And those are the people that you want to look for. If I'm of like totally different, then for sure, like this is where the collaboration can come in and you can filter that person who doesn't necessarily fit the pool or the customer that you want to service and then just pass them over to me. This way we're both eating too, right? Exactly. And so I, one of the biggest things that I always try to tell all the trainers that I interact with is what is your niche? Who is your customer? Who do you really want to serve? Like, uh, yeah. Yeah, because it, it, it all comes back to you, just like in the in that example, you know, th- that one client doesn't like me, but they like you. And then, you know, next week there might be a client that doesn't like you and they like me for, for no reason that actually matters. And it's not personal. You know, they don't not like you because, you know, you're, you know, I'm a bad person or something like that. It's just that uh, we just didn't gel and that's okay. Right. Yeah. And I think we need to, um, you know, interview our clients too. Like the people that we're working with, if you don't have a good vibe with them, or if you feel like the vibe's a little bit off, chances are you aren't probably going to have a long-term relationship. So don't just take it on just because you need to take it on to make some quick cash. Like pass it on to somebody who you think that that person could potentially gel with and vibe with better than you. Right. Right. And I think a big part of this, you know, tell me what you think about this is almost like protecting your own energy. Like I've certainly worked with clients who, I didn't like, we didn't get along. They didn't like me. I didn't like them, but you know, we, we just did the thing because that's what we were doing. And every session after the session, I would feel terrible. I would be just upset. I'd just be agitated and it kind of ruined the rest of my day, but I still did it because, you know, they were paying and that was just how the whole system was set up and, but it's draining and we're already giving so much of our energy every day. And it's just, it makes the whole thing less sustainable than, than it already was. Oh, you know, like I said, that's, I mean, I used to have a rule where I, you had three sessions with me at the very beginning. If you felt or I felt like it wasn't going to be like good energy or good vibe, then you had the potential to, to walk away. And I also had the potential to just end the working relationship there too. Because like you said, so much of our work is so draining. It's not just like we're just standing there the whole time. You know, we're also conversating with them. They're telling us things that, you know, are a little bit deeper than just fitness. They're sharing their personal lives. And so we carry that with us. And so, you know, I even had a a former partner who just would be like, hey, um, you know, do you want to do something after work? And I'd be like, no, I'm like drained physically (laughs) and mentally. And she'd be like, well, you just trained just for a short amount period of time. Like, you should be okay. And I'm like, no, you have to understand that what I'm doing is it's more than just training. It's, it's physically and mentally exhausting sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. We're not just standing there counting reps. That's not, that's not yeah. the job. Right. And and if that is what you're doing, then, I mean, you, you are the kind of person that we were talking about is just the weekend trainer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. Uh, but at the same time, go ahead, go ahead. There's that meme where they're like, oh, you know, a personal trainer is like a psychologist, uh, you know, all these different things. It's just, it's true. We, we wear many different hats. Yeah. I think, I think, you know, the common, um, thing people say about, you know, your hairdresser or your, your barber, whatever is, you know, people gossip with their barber and, and, you know, or their hairdresser, but you don't see your hairdresser that often. Like maybe as a woman once a year, 
once every six months, you know, whatever, not that often, maybe as a guy once a month, whatever, but your trainer, like you're with that person one-on-one for one, two, three, four, five hours a week. Like if you really think about how many people do you actually spend one-on-one time with multiple hours in a week, there's probably not that many people in your life that you do that with. And so we, we get this very deep personal relationship with, with our clients. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I remember a time where I was seeing my clients more than I was seeing my own family at one point. Yeah. Yeah. And even though you see your family, you see your, yeah. your mom, your father, your siblings, you know, whoever you don't, you're not probably spending like that, that one-on-one time, just doing a thing and doing a physical thing, going through a challenge, you're going through a, you know, a physical exertion with that person either for that time. And that's, that goes back again, which is why I really enjoyed the one-on-one session so much more. It's just, it's so much depth. You know, it's more than just the working relationship of just the fitness. It's like the entire life conversations that you will have. It's like, it's so deep sometimes. Yeah, for sure. And I think that, you know, just to, just to maybe correct something that, that we both said uh, a little bit earlier about like client relationships being draining is that I think that there, there are clients who are energy drainers and yeah. they may be drainers for us, but the overwhelming majority of my clients, they actually uplift me. Like I feel better after having, like, I'm tired, of course, you know, you're tired after you work, but I feel better. And and there's those few clients that make me feel worse. Those are people I don't want to work with, but 99% of people like that, I feed off their energy the same way they feed off my energy. And I feel better after the, after the session or after the day or whatever. Yeah, of course. Of course, our, you know, our one-on-one relationships that we have with these clients are so rewarding. And that's exactly the reason why we do what we do, you know, to see those changes, to have those conversations. But like you said, yeah, there are some clients who are, are sometimes energy draining and, and that's okay. You know, and not every, everybody's not going to have a perfectly um, like amazing day. Of course, they'll have off days, but it's again, just making sure that, like you said, you protect your own energy and you make sure you're not working with somebody who you actually really in the very beginning didn't want to work with in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that I kind of want to pick your brain on a little bit is this, like this idea of the trial and how in fitness, it's a very common thing to have a free trial. You go to a gym, you get a seven day free trial, you, you know, have a free consultation, you have a, you know, free, there's freebies kind of always up front. And it's just a standard thing. And sort of if you're, if you're not providing that, then you're, you know, you're behind everybody else because everybody else is providing it. But in almost no other industry, is there a free trial? You can't go to a restaurant and get a free meal just to see if you want to eat there or, or, you know, go get a free appointment at a, at a barbershop. And then see if you want to get a haircut there. Like that's not a thing. So what are your what are your thoughts on this as like as just a concept in general? I think the free trial is it's it's a good idea, but you want to make sure that it makes sense for you and your business. You want to make sure that you're not just giving away. Like I would never give away a seven day free trial. Like it's it's like come once or twice. By the second time, you already have a vibe of what it's like. And if by the second time you um, feel like it's something for you, then that's when you would transition to to a membership. But I understand that, you know, people like, again, it, it's a relationship, right? So you want to make sure that the person that you're choosing to work with, you vibe with, you connect with, you have a, a good feeling about them, and you actually think you're going to make progress with them. So I understand people's hesitation to kind of and take advantage of this free trial because they're hesitant about whoever it is that they're working with. But I, I do believe that the the free trial is good, but you have to make it make sense for you and your business. You don't want to, again, trade too much time um, for free because it will also kind of devalue you. But 
if it's going to make sure that you can secure this client after one or two interactions with them, then sure, why not? That 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 works. Do you think that it it contributes to some of the lesser value that's given to the personal trainer moniker in any way? Of course, one hundred percent. That it's things like this that also I think like level us down, you know, because. But we've, as an industry, as a collective, we've done this to ourselves. Like it, it just, it wasn't something that kind of just happened overnight. It's just something that people, it's the industry standard now, kind of, because we as a collective have made it okay for people to kind of do these free trials. And so some, you as a professional, yeah, you will feel pressured to kind of just give that up because the whole collective is actually doing it together, not just one person, you know? Yeah, I I totally agree. You'd have to, I think you'd have to get to a pretty successful kind of solidified place to be able to just totally stop offering that yeah. where you're, where you're able to turn away any and every client that you don't want to work with. But you know, that's, that's end career game kind of thing. Anyone who's, anyone who's starting or anywhere in the middle, like you probably can't, can't be able to do that. You just won't be competitive. And then that goes back again, like you need to actually, like, like I said, you need to make it make sense for you and your business. So if you feel like you're giving so many free trials away that it's not, these people aren't converting, then maybe you come up with like an entry level membership package or option where, you know, they can come in and try you or the group classes for like 20 bucks, three sessions, at least this way you're still making money, right? Right. You just have to look at like, what's your bottom line? Like, are you being able to eat if you offer these free trials? Because if you're not, then it's probably not worth it. And you need to figure out something better that's going to work for you or else you're just going to lose time and money and and your energy. Right. Totally agree. What are some of the the questions or maybe things that people should look for when, when they're looking for a personal trainer, because like you, like you mentioned before, it is a two way kind of, it should be anyways, a two way interview or trial, but from the client perspective, what are some of the questions that you like it when people ask you, because it kind of lets you know that they're really thinking or things that people should look for in a personal trainer for themselves. Well, I think the first session that you have with a trainer should be a little bit of a sit down where you're having a conversation with them or they're having a conversation with you. They're trying to understand your health history. Like, you know, tell me about if you have any pre-existing conditions. Uh, what are your goals? Um, how, like, tap into their psyche a little bit. You know, like, do they think that these goals are going to be achievable in three months or like two months? And then transition into floor stuff, right? Like, do a full assessment on me. Like, touch you know like if i'm doing a squat and, and you're seeing my knees buckling like you know cue me or, or touch me and, and make me you know those little those little personal touches that kind of um that i would totally look for and encourage 100 percent. right demonstrating that you know what you're doing exactly demonstrating that you what yeah yeah 100 percent. yeah so yeah an initial assessment for sure and then um, them maybe giving you some homework to do, like if you need to do a food log or, um, if you need to check in with your, your doctor about something because you have a pre-existing condition. Um, so little things like that. Yeah. And I mean, I think for, for anyone listening, it's important to just highlight 
that what you said is not, oh, show me, you know, your six pack or show me your butt. Like that's not what, that's not what qualifies a a trainer. It's, it's the, it's the other stuff. Like, are you healthy? Are there things that me as the trainer or I as a trainer can't do for you? Other health, you know, more involved health things that you need to go seek different help for, right? These are the things that matter and treating the person like a human, not like a, a, you know, just another number client who's going to pay. And then also asking for their references, like seeing what their other clients have to say. Like if they have, if you're looking for a weight loss transformation, seeing before and after pictures, not just in like one month, but show me one from like 90 down, 90 days down the line or like a year down the line. Yeah, that that after after picture is the, the the all important one. Anybody can anybody can lose weight for for three week three weeks or three months, but what about? What about three years? You know, what about the rest of your life? Like, did you actually learn something or did you just kind of grind for, for a short period of time and get a quick result? Yeah. 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 And you know, like I, that's exactly what we've been talking about this whole time is just the sustainability. Like health and fitness is a lifelong thing. And I think we need to change the dialogue and conversation about that because yeah, you can have these goals, which is great. If you want a six pack for the summer, sure. You could do like a shred program and then you know, you want to put on muscle, then you do that in the in the winter months as a bulking program. But like, can you do this for your entire life? Because we're, our bodies are made to move and, and we feel good when we move. So it's important to just make sure that we're doing this as long as we can for, you know, yeah. Yeah. However fits our lifestyle. And it's, it's so, you know, I, I've spoken with this before and we've all spoken to this so many times before is like, we know that we feel better when we move, but somehow for some reason, we are we're neglectful to ourselves to just to just make that a consistent habit every day in some way right and it's just it's such a curious thing but uh it's something that we all need to do it's hard work too right and it's it's the motivation too you you need to be motivated sometimes to just get up and go but you just got to move even if it's just a walk or you know something just to get the blood flow going yeah the difficulty of it i think makes it beautiful, right? I mean, e- even in your even in your business, if your business was just easy, you just walk down the street, rented a location, open the door, and then all of a sudden you were making, you know, millions of dollars. Like, sure, it would be good to have all that money, but it wouldn't feel as good on the inside because you didn't really build anything if it was just that easy. Yes, exactly. It's just the journey, right? It's yeah. Little stepping stones that you take to get there. And then you're like, oh, wow, I came from back there and now I'm here. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. And it is good to... to to always look back, I encourage people to record all your workouts, whether you're working with a trainer or not. Like, you know, as a trainer, you're, you're recording workouts or keeping some record of stuff anyways. But I like to show that to people say, Hey, you know, you know, especially on a particularly difficult day where someone thinks, ah, you know, my, my workouts weren't that good today or, or this week or whatever. But, you know, you compare it to two months ago, three months ago, it's like, Oh yeah, that workout that we did at that time, that's, you know, half of my warm up now <laughs> and look, and look how far I've come. Exactly, exactly. And I like that you even do those daily updates, right? Every Monday where you're like updating. And I'm like, yes, yes. <laughs> That's amazing. It's because it's true. It's those little things that we, we fail to realize that we've taken. It's such a big, it might seem like nothing to us now, but back then it was such a huge step that we just don't even realize it now. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, a, again, just that's why it's so important to to, to make notes and keep track and hold ourselves accountable. And and like you mentioned about those Monday updates, I do like that's, yes, it's for Instagram and to like talk and, you know, send some sort of message, but like 
I would say 80% of the value in that is is actually just for my my own self. Like, yeah, I post it online for for people to see and whatever, but really like I take more I take more benefit out of that than I think anybody else does. And I'm and I'm totally okay with that, but it holds me accountable to actually do the things that I said I was going to do. If I said I was going to do X training program, I'm going to run this many times this week, whatever. I don't really want to stand in front of that camera on Monday morning and say, "Ah, guys, I didn't do it." Yeah. And it keeps you accountable, right? Yeah. And that's a huge part of, of also just having a trainer and, be, and being part of this whole thing is, is the accountability. Because like we said, the sustainability, the accountability, the motivation, like these are the things that are the hardest part. Designing a training program and getting your butt in the gym, that's difficult too. But it doesn't, you know, the best program is not going to help you if you don't do it. Yeah. 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 One, one other thing. Oh, what was it? I actually just completely blanked on what I was going to ask you. Um. Wow, I cannot remember for the life of me, but it's okay. It'll it'll come back to me. It probably was not that um that important if I uh if I didn't uh, if I don't remember it already. But um one other thing that I did want to ask you about was and and tell me if there's anything even here at all, but and I've spoken to other people about this, but what are some of the challenges or maybe even advantages of opening a fitness business as a female? Because that's something that I would have absolutely no idea about. Um obviously not um, privy to the the pros and cons of that, um, but something that I think that we all need to kind of hear more about, and, and I'm certainly interested in myself. Uh, just like a female-led business kind of thing? Yeah. Uh, so for me, I don't really don't like to pay attention to those kind of things. Okay, I'm happy you said that, because neither do I, but I think it's <laughs> kind of an important thing, but yeah. I think a lot of people uh, leverage that to their advantage, which is fine, you can totally do that, but I'm of the mentality that we're all equal. If you can make it happen just because you're a guy, then I can make it happen because I'm a girl. And, and so that's it. And it just comes down to your personality and who you are. You know, they say women are more empathetic and we're more understanding. So that might uh, help the business a little bit. But it really is just like who you are and your personality and like how you make things happen for the business. And so I don't really see... Of course, I'm totally happy that I'm a woman-led um, business and, you know, company running this thing, but I don't leverage it. I probably should leverage it more, but I don't kind of promote it too much because I, I don't see that. Right, right. I, I personally, I don't like it too much because I feel like it separates, um, you know, people and even though we should separate it, you know, there's a lot of controversy about this. Yeah. 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 We're get we're, we're, we do, we don't want to get too deep into the, the political weeds yeah. here, but, but I'm totally in agreement with you. It's sort of something that I think that I'm just ignorant to as a male. I just don't know the other side of it because I'm not there, but I know that a lot of women struggle in fitness. There's so much more criticism, especially online and, and all that stuff. People are, people are rude. People are, people are mean for, for no reason. It's generally, harder um or or more criticism worse criticism different kind of criticism uh i think as a as a female but but i'm totally agreeing with you that we you know we're all just we're just people we're all capable of different things we all have our strengths and weaknesses of course there are generalizations for males and generalizations for females and anything else but but you know we all have our strengths and weaknesses and we can all make things work in any way that that works for us of course and we are predominantly in a male dominated industry and I even see that with my training roster of like the health and fitness professionals in our in our space, right? And so whatever I can do to kind of help encourage more female fitness trainers to, you know, even just taking the leap to start your own business. 
I think that's also a conversation that we need to like have about empowering women that way. Like how, how can we help them start their own health and fitness businesses or, you know, make the transition into believing that they can do it on their own. And so that's what I try to do with my personal platform and, and also what I want to try to do with placemate. Right. So, right. Yeah, no, I think that's, I think that's fantastic. And there's so much, there's so much space for it just because there are, because there is so many different types of people out there and all these people are essentially potential clients. You never know who will gel with you. Maybe it's male or female. Some clients come into the gym thinking, I only want a female trainer, or I only want a male trainer, or I only want someone who, who previously played football or something like that. But then you realize that those kind of preconceived notions don't matter as much as I want someone who's going to gel with my personality and who's also good at what they do, but we got to, we got to connect on a human level first. Exactly. Exactly. It all comes down to your vibe, who you are, what you have to offer. And if you connect with that person or that client. Exactly. I did. From the top down, you know, with any business or company, like, yeah. Yeah. It it has to work all the way through. I did, um, I did remember the the thing that I was going to ask you. Now it's now it's out of context and out of order, but that's okay. I was I was curious as to your thoughts and your philosophy on like the the long term plan, I guess, for a client. And by long term, I mean like you know, client comes to you today, brand new, never exercised. Do you think about a five year plan? Like, what's the lifetime of that client, and how do you kind of go about thinking about that? Yeah, yeah. I think our job as health and fitness professionals is to educate them and teach them enough so that they can go off on their own one day and put together their own program um, and and have the motivation to kind of ha- keep that consistency forever long they want to do it, right? But I think we also create a trap for them because they also feel like they can't work out by themselves or they don't have enough confidence to kind of create their own program. So I've had some clients who have trained for like five or six years, which is amazing. And I, and I love that I have worked with them for this long and we have a great relationship. And some of them are now even my friends, but I'm just like, well, what if I'm not there? Can you put together a program on your own? Sure, they know some exercises and stuff, but they don't really know how to really put a program together to reach whatever goal that they're trying to achieve, right? right. So I... I really encourage, you know, to come up with a professionals to come up with a plan to stream them offline or from in person to online to eventually just on their own because everybody's got to learn how to kind of work out and do their own thing. And they can't always work with you all the time. And so they might want to try different things and that's okay. But we need to just, give, you know, hold their hand a little bit, teach them, show them the ropes, and then hopefully they have enough confidence enough to go off on their own one day. Yeah, I I agree with that completely. Like, you know, it's it's nice that clients want to stay for that long, five, six, 10, 20 years. But at some point, right, you know, you want them to be able to, to kind of do it on their own. And I think, again, in the context of COVID, where we've had less access to trainers, less, less excuse me, less access to facilities, it's like, yeah, we've all kind of realized that at the end of the day, like you, you, the client, you, the human, you need to be able to do it yourself. You need to be able to do stuff yourself. We can always deliver programming online, like just, you know, writing on exercises and whatnot. That's something that your trainer can always do. And that's relatively easy to do in person online. Like, you know, the, the actual delivering of that is, is easy uh, or simple. 
but coming up with a program on your own is, is the, is the hard part. So, you know, you don't have to hold that client's hand to teach them to squat for the, you know, 17,000th time after they've been training for seven years. But, yeah. but, you know, you want to have that contact with them and the accountability, but I think being able to do it on your own is, is just a important life skill, <laughs> just like cooking yeah. and like anything else that we would want to do. Right. Yes. It is a life skill and everybody's got to learn how to do it. Yeah. Like imagine we imagine instead of learning about you know dinosaurs for endless years in school, we learned about, you know, how to move properly. <laughs> like what, what a world that would be oh not to pick God. on the dinosaurs, but how to move, how to do your finances how to invest in stocks and real estate <laughs> and how to just be, how to just be a person in, in, yeah, exactly. uh, in this, in this world. It's, it would be, it would be interesting, but I think, uh, you know, it, it'll come at some point in some way, maybe out of necessity, hopefully not. But it, it seems to me anyways, that there, there has been a general shift. People are more conscious of their health. I think oh. the entire fitness industry will grow as, as a cause of this, the online and in person and everything in between, just because we've all realized that, you know, we, you know, we, do, we do need a little bit of help and we do need some, some guidance on all this. Mm -hmm. No, I've seen a big shift already. Like you said, so many, so many more, even just outside of my neighborhood, so many more people running, walking, and it's great to see. Yeah. And it's very encouraging. It's, and I, I really do believe that once this is over, our industry is just going to boom. Especially yeah. for the one-on-one, -on -one, like personal training or personal trainers, yeah. Yeah, I I totally agree. I think I think we're ready for a ready for a big boom, and it will be it will be good for everyone, both business wise and both like individual health, you know, improvement wise, and and go a long way in all things sickness and health. If we can take care of ourselves, then you know maybe we have to do less of uh, this entire lockdown stuff for, for for endless amounts of times and just be a better population overall and not overwhelm the healthcare system and blah, 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 all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Just end the lockdown first. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm with you on that for sure. Hopefully, uh, Dougie Ford will, will hear this one and, and JT up there, but you yeah. know, whatever. Well, we're, we're not that big yet, but maybe one day. <laughs> <laughs> soon, soon. <laughs> well, uh, why don't you, um, go ahead and let people know where they can find you, where they can find out more about Placemade and all that, all the contact information. I'll put it all in the show notes, but, uh, rattle off for us. Awesome. So you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. So it's placemade.ca.co for those, both those social media uh, handles. So P-L-A-C-E-M-A-D-E.co. Um, and then if you wanted to connect with me personally, you can just go on Instagram and then it's Celia Lopez Fit. Um, if you want to shoot me a DM, feel free to. I'm always open to kind of just responding back. Um, but yeah. Uh, check out our website awesome and and um for people who are in toronto uh address and, and general location of the, of the gym for when things open up i know it's you know for trainers or whatever but so we're right on the corner of richmond and church so it's uh 78 richmond street east um pretty close to i mean anywhere downtown so yeah. just follow us or um just google maps us and then you can find us there Awesome. Perfect. Sounds good. I'm excited to come back and see you when things, uh, when things open up again. Is there anything else that you want to leave the people with in, in closing here? Yeah. If you're a health and fitness professional, you know, here in Toronto, um, looking for a space or community, um, or any type of business support, we're here to support you. So just reach out to us and we'll always be happy to kind of connect with you and learn about your needs, um, and figure out how we can support you. If we can't do it, then we'll always lead you in the direction where you know you can get that help that you need fantastic thank you so much for your time i, I really appreciate it looking forward to all things uh coming out of this 
But um, thank you so much for, for doing this today. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Thanks so much for having me. Of course. Pleasure's all mine. Bye-bye, everybody. And there it is, another fantastic conversation. I'm so happy and grateful to have had this opportunity to speak with Celia again. And I really think that what she's doing is super important in the context of COVID and and outside of COVID as well. I mean, th- this whole WeWork space and, and what she's got going on with Placemate is, is something that's really special. And I think it's been missing for a long time. That's going to help a lot of people. And I know I mentioned it uh, up front in the beginning of the episode, but this helps everyone, clients and trainers included. So if you have a trainer, if you know a trainer, send this episode to them because I think that they will get a lot more value out of this in terms of just thinking about our industry, but as well for clients. I mean, you you heard her say it many times. It's the sustainability, the consistency, all the same things that goes into running a business, goes into your fitness. It's all the same. We just need to translate it into whatever it is that you're working towards in life. So Anyways, I hope that there were many things that you've taken from this episode. Thank you so much again for your time and attention. Thank you again to Celia. I will, again, include everything in the show notes. So placemade.co online, on Instagram, on Facebook, and Celia Lopez Fit on Instagram as well. So click through there. While you're at it, make sure you're following me at Daniel Yoris for updates and whatnot. Subscribe to the podcast. If you haven't gotten a chance to already, I would really appreciate if you were able to leave a rating and review on iTunes. That goes a really long way in spreading this whole thing. And we all grow together just like we spoke about in the episode. So thank you. I appreciate your time and attention. And that's it. Have a great day. We'll chat soon.